Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Andrew Dwyer. It's Paint Radio, the APC podcast where we get to talk to the universe about what we all love, and that's paint. And today we're talking about primers, all things primers here at APC. We're very lucky to have some fabulous relationships with the manufacturers, and that's what we have in common with many of you all, the painting contractors. Many of you know people personally at the manufacturers that you love to patronize. And the same is true here. We get to know some great people with some great companies. And, man, sometimes they even come to us and say, we want to nerd out, to use a podcast technical term, we want to come on paint radio and just talk. And we love that. And that's what's happening today because Kills is sponsoring the podcast. We're going to nerd out with some gentlemen from Kills talking about all things primer. And we're excited because that's, you know, we love to talk paint and who better to talk about it with than people who actually know what they're talking about. And that's true today from Kills. We have Greg Williams, director of product marketing and Tom McAvoy, product trainer. So Greg, director of product marketing, what, what does that entail? What do you do at Kills? Well, hi, Andrew. Great to be here. Uh, so to talk a little bit about what I do leading our product marketing team is, is really tapping into our painting contractors to understand what the needs are. What's working well from a product standpoint? What are some opportunities and some gaps in terms of projects where there might be an opportunity to solve a key challenge? And so we think about the future of primer. We think about the future products for the Kills brand and we work hard to develop those products with our R&D team and, and with some of our key suppliers to bring those products to the painting professionals. That gets me excited because one of the beauties of a trade show, and I think podcasts have to some extent become like a virtual trade show, is that you get to meet people at the company. It really does humanize these companies because whether you're pro-corporation or anti-corporation, it doesn't matter. You get to meet the good people behind some of these products. And man, talk about shrinking the distances. I know it sounds like I'm on a high horse, but man, that's what I do. I ride my high horse all day to get to meet the people and see that, oh my gosh, they love these products as much as I do. That's fun. Tom, product trainer at Kills. What does that entail? Yes, Andrew. Thank you. It's great to be here. I work with our marketing and content development teams to build content and disseminate it to our partners in the stores, maybe our sales team and the associates that work in our retailers, kind of boots on the ground training. I mean, we just, dis- we distribute information differently. Sometimes it's live and sometimes it's hands-on and sometimes it's virtual digital webinars, even just delivering PDF content to them or directing them to our website for answers to questions they're having. And my favorite part about it is watching them grow their knowledge base so they can pass that on to customers and directly connect it to their needs. We constantly get feedback from customers, pros, and everyone saying, you launched this new product, how do I connect it to the customer's needs? So I look for ways to do that and we'll work with our marketing team and development team to kind of create that content and then distribute it. You're in the communication business, just like we are at APC, because, you know, it's not enough to create a great product. You can't hide the light under a bushel, right? You got to you gotta shout it to the masses. That's kind of what we're doing here today. So Greg and Tom, if, if you're at a neighborhood barbecue, enjoying some hot dogs and some adult beverages, and somebody says, hey, what do you do? 
and you say, I work at Kills, and they say, ah, the primer company. Is that a fair assessment of Kills? Is it okay for Kills to be known as the primer company, or is there a better explanation? Yeah, I'll I'll talk about that for a second. Um, (laughs) It's funny because Kills has become synonymous with primer. Whenever the word comes up, people know instantly that it's primer. I mean, it's actually used as a verb by a lot of the trades. The industry say, I'm going to kills this, or I need to kills this. What they're saying is I need to prime this. And so, and you Google it, and I've done this with customers. It's funny because the first thing that comes up when you search primer is usually like makeup foundation for the makeup industry. And then an interesting movie from 2004 about a couple of guys that build a time machine. And then kills is like right there, the primer. And when you click on the Wikipedia link right there, even though it's just you're looking up primer, there's a can of kills too. It's one of our older cans, but it's the first image you see when you look up Wikipedia. So they know what it is. What they don't know is which one they need. And Mm. so that's what we're trying to do with them is constantly connect them with the right one. So I love those questions. And I take time to ask them, what do you want? What do you need? You know, what's your ultimate goal? Because when you give them that thorough interaction, you're helping them choose the exact right product. The the range and the product line is so broad, there is no perfect one-fit-all solution. So you have to get information from them to connect them with the exact right product. So I love that part, the interaction. And that can't be easy because you go to great lengths and you take your job very seriously and you produce all these great products. But at the same time, there's just not enough customers out there who truly know everything that, that you'd love them to know about your products. And so it's just sort of a constant state of education. And that's a, that's a good thing, right? That's, that's not a burden. That's an opportunity. So Greg, how about about just about the variety of products? At Kills. I, I mean, I think everybody, certainly when it comes to professional painting contractors, they all know that Kills has more than one product. How would you rate the average professional painter's awareness of the breadth of the Kills product line? Uh, that's a good question, Andrew. I would say that the average painting contractor knows Kills as a primer brand and, and knows a few of our products, whether it be the red can like Kills Original or the blue can like Kills yep. 2. Beyond those, I mean, we have a, a wide range of primers for every particular challenge that you're facing. Kills solves tough problems. And so whether it's severe stains and odors or things like Kills Original and restoration play in or, or if it's, you know, priming before a repaint, changing a color, where you'd want to use something like Kills 2 or Kills 3. We've got a wide range of primer products. But in addition to primer, we also, you know, looking to solve the entire painting project. So there may be some needs there for cocks and sealants or for specialty products, or maybe it's wood coatings or concrete coatings. Um, And we even have top coats as well uh, that pair nicely with our primer products. So though... Kills is synonymous with primer. We really offer a wide range of products for every particular challenge that might be faced. And we're going to dive into some of those really specific questions here in a little bit. But first, I, I think we'd like to tackle sort of the, uh, the oil versus water base, some of the VOC stuff that's going on. Because obviously it's an oversimplification to say that the VOC rules have had a big impact on the painting industry. That's, that's obvious. But 
it also results in really like a, a patchwork of availability of these products because a product that you can sell in one state, you might not be able to sell in another. That's got to be harder on the manufacturer than it is on the contractor because they can only use the products that are available. What has that been like? Does that present just an enormous headache to kills when it comes to, do you have to reformulate things or how, how do you approach that? I know that's, that's, that's a huge question, but <laughs> do your best to answer it. Yeah, absolutely. We continue to see VOC regulations pop up and those restrictions. We're now prohibited to sell in a total of nine states. Uh, I think Ohio and Michigan recently coming online there. And it is a challenge for us to stay on top of the regulation, but it's also an opportunity to develop the next best thing. And we've been using these oil-based products, which work really well and are, are really effective. There's also been a lot of development work, a lot of chemistry, a lot of formulation that's gone into making water-based products better and actually being able to start to creep up and work on par with some of the oil-based products. Now, I know, you know that sounds a little like blasphemy. It's not possible, but but we are getting closer. And we've also seen some of the price escalation on the oil side of things where raw materials aren't as available, causing water and oil to be more on par in terms of price, where it always used to be that oil was typically less expensive. But we do hear some frustration as well from customers, right? They were able to buy this product last week, and now it's not on the shelf. And what do they do? What do they go to? What do they turn to? So we're working hard to educate the customers as well, especially for those that are impacted in these states, that there are other alternatives and there are developments on the water-based side. If you think about, okay, Kills Original being oil-based and maybe there's some states that are regulated out. Well, there's Kills Restoration to turn to. And we've, we've worked to be proactive to get out in front of these regulations and restrictions that we know are coming to develop this chemistry, to launch these new products that maybe it's because of a regulation issue, but maybe it's also because of You've got a specific application where you can't have a lingering odor or you've got a sensitive consumer whose house you're repainting that they can't be subjected to oil-based products. And so we've tried to get out front of it and offer water-based alternatives that really start to perform on par to those oil-based products you're used to. And, Greg, I want to clarify one thing you said because you talked about how you're prohibited from selling in certain states. What exactly are you prohibited from selling? Which products? It really comes to this VOC level. So in certain states, there's a level that's 100 grams per liter, and that's for anything over a quart size container. So there's an exemption allowing us to continue to sell quarts of, of Kills Original, for example, which is 450 grams per liter or 350 grams per liter, but gallons and fives are restricted for those particular areas with those VOC restrictions. And up popped this enormous underground network of people smuggling these <laughs> products in. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not advocating that at all. Not at all. So it's impossible to predict the future, and I'm sure you guys are prepared to deal with whatever happens. But do you get the sense that there's a quickening that more states are considering these VOC limits, or do you feel like that's dying down a little bit? It definitely seems to be quickening. And oh. it seems that as states have already paved the way for 
what do these restrictions look like, it's easier for states to start to adopt the restrictions. Before it was each state had to figure out what do they need to do, what what should the restrictions be, uh, which category should be impacted. But now that there's this blueprint, there seems to be some acceleration. You know, we also don't want to be doing something just because the restriction is, is asking us to do so. Uh, we're looking to provide products that continue to raise the bar in terms of performance. And on the water-based side, it's always been a goal of ours to deliver something that can perform like an oil. And so whether there's a VOC restriction or not, uh, you'll notice that in states where Kills Original is still sold in gallons and fives, Kills Restoration is still sold there as well, which is a water-based alternative. And so we understand that there's a need, even though someone might be used to using oil or someone is using more water, there's a need to have both in your arsenal for those particular challenging projects that you might face. You know, we're several decades into the the water-based revolution at this point. Certainly in my experience, I don't meet many contractors who (laughs) still only use oil-based primers. Do you guys meet many such, or do you think there's many of such people still out there? They're, by God, I'm only going to use oil. I think that change is hard. It's hard for everyone. And the more acclimated you are to a system that's worked for you for as long as you've been doing what you're doing, the harder it is for you to accept some marketing material or even the word of someone you trust at a store, an associate that you deal with all the time that this new product is going to do what this tried and true one that you know will do and you know will do. Because with change, there's always potentially like a point where production speed goes down because you have to learn a new product. Maybe it has different consistency or it sprays differently or it goes on thicker or thinner or any of the other things that can change in the application realm. And so some of these contractors, it is just their old habit. They know it works. And if they change, what they fear is that they risk that they're going to get that dreaded callback, the punch list, all the things that cost them time, money, frustration, product reputation. This is what they built their business on. So what we have to do, first, we have to ingratiate ourselves to them as subject matter experts, which Greg helps me with and the team that's in the store by giving us the content and the the why behind how this product will do what we claim that it will do, like restoration versus kills original oil base. And then we prove it to them. We do a trial or we get them to see a demo or a small scale, or we, you know, get them to try it on a smaller project. And then what we end up with is a customer that says, oh my gosh, I didn't even know about this tool. I'll make the connection or try to at times with a contractor because we run into so many that are general, not just painters, but pros in other areas too, are certainly familiar. And I'll try to make a connection with something else that they may have heard of, like you may know um, shark bite pipe fittings for plumbing or packs is an example. It used to be people only use copper for plumbing. And then PECS came along and changed the way that the industry, you don't have to cut the same big holes and walls to run plumbing through, speeds up that process. And what you end up with is after you've transitioned to using this new plumbing product, you end up with a speedier delivery of your finished product to your customer. The customer's happy. You're happy. Everyone's happy. And I'll explain to them that our products can be like that for them. Restoration, the technology didn't exist 
maybe 20 years ago. Greg could probably better answer that, but we didn't necessarily develop all of it, but we certainly found an application that we know will help our customers have a product that's going to fulfill their needs. You know, and beauty of this industry of uh, certainly of APC is, is we've got readers and listeners all across the education and experience spectrum. Some are new to something. Some have been doing it for years. So, you know, this might be old hat for some of our listeners, but let's talk briefly about the applications where you still recommend that by golly, yes, oil primer is the way to go. What, what situations you'd still say, yep, that's, that's what you need. You need an oil primer. An oil-based primer really does a great job at blocking out those water-based stains. So whether that's a water-based stain you're encountering on a ceiling tile from a leak, a roofing leak, or when you're going over bare wood, especially thinking about things like redwood or, or those that contain a lot of tannin, something that contains a lot of wood knots, those particular stains will be able to leach out. And if you're in a humid environment where you know, it keeps going through a cycle of humidity, it can cause some of those to migrate through the film and through to the top coat where you're going to actually start to see it. And so, you know, I think that Kills Original Interior, Interior Exterior is a great choice when you're going over fresh wood, but there's a lot of strides that have been made on the water-based side. And so we think about restoration and the unique technology that it has. You might think, okay, well, a latex is a latex. Water-based is water-based. So therefore, it can't work on those types of stains. Historically, that might have been true, but just with some of the chemical uh, technology developments that have happened, that's changed. And it's really raised the bar. Now we're blocking odors with water-based primers. Mm. We're blocking some of those severe stains, whether they're more of the water-based type of stains or the oily stains. You're seeing that they're starting to be a continued improvement there. And I think one of the things to keep in mind is the mechanisms in which these two technologies work is different. And so when you're using an oil-based product and you're blocking a water-based stain, you're truly blocking that stain. So you prime, you don't see that stain migrate through the primer film, right? Whereas on the water-based side, that stain does get solubilized a little bit and goes into the primer film and then the way it works is it locks that stain. So you'll hear about stain locking, right? Mm. And so the problem is, as a painter, you might see, well, just by priming, oh, the oil base did a better job. But it's not until you've used the top coat to really know if you, you're keeping that stain from migrating through. So even though you might see the stain in that water-based primer film, it's locked in. It's not coming through to the top coat. And so you might think that it's not working, but in fact, it actually is because they're working based on different mechanisms. So I definitely recommend in a situation where you're unsure if it's going to work, put down that coat of primer, let it dry, put down that coat of top coat, and then give it a little bit of time and see if it actually starts to bleed through. And you might be surprised that even though you saw it in the primer film, you're not going to see it in the top coat. That's really interesting. So what is the terminology that contractors should look for? Because that's very important. To, it's one thing to know it works. Man, it's even better to understand why. Right. For both of those, you'll see that it's listed as a stain or odor blocker. But in terms of 
the mechanism and the way that it's actually functioning. You know, on the water-based technology, we're really locking in those stains within the film. And some of the cases, yeah, we're totally blocking them, blocking the odors from migrating through, blocking some of the stains. But for some of those stains that do come into the primer film, you can rest assured and, and have some peace of mind that, yeah, I see it, but it doesn't mean it didn't work. You don't know yeah. until you put the top coat on, and that's where you start to see the benefit there. Huh. So I want to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is the, you can call it the unicorn primer. And I find this fascinating because, you know, I've seen contractors complain about the unicorn primer, meaning a primer that claims to do everything and to be everything you want it to be. But I also know that contractors sort of demand it. <laughs> so you've got the customer, many customers, the pro painting contractor, demanding this all-purpose primer. And at the same time, those same customers might sort of begrudgingly or blame the manufacturer for pushing something as an all-purpose primer. My guess is it's it's kind of a catch-22. <laughs> catch the customer wants it, but simultaneously complains about it. It's like there has to be a giant asterisk on a universal primer that, look, this is what it can do. It can do a lot. It can't do everything. Let us define the parameters. So as a manufacturer, how do you approach the universal primer to say, look, yeah, this this can work in 75% of the applications, but man, it can't in the other 25. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about this one for a second. And then, Greg, maybe you can wrap up maybe more technically how and why the primers do what they do. But I'll go back to trying to make an analogy with a customer. You know, when something claims to be the best at all things, it usually ends up having some sort of a compromise somewhere. And you can only fit so much in a can, so many features in a can, without overloading the chemistry, the capacity to do what it fundamentally needs to do. You know, a primer needs to stick, seal, and maybe stain block. And we try to put too many features in, and that's some called, other features get compromised, that's, right? It's called mission creep. Mission creep, exactly. So every primer is going to have exceptional strengths, but at the same time, it probably will have a compromise somewhere. Maybe it is an excellent stain blocker, but maybe that means that it only works interior. Or maybe it's great at being sandable, like Kills Original or Restoration, but that might mean that the finish dries harder. And so there's a flexible or a more flexible version in another primer. It goes back to finding out customer needs and the same kind of analogy. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I try to really (laughs) encourage customers pros. It's very easy to help them understand this. The primers are tools in your toolbox. And when you need a nail set and you don't have it, you have to use something. You have to use a compromise. You know, you end up using you know, the, a different nail to try to set the nail that you're trying to, or a five in one. And every painter knows a five in one out there, but the 12 in ones and the 17s in ones, <laughs> those are just they compromises. They got little bits and tools falling out while you're trying to use the thing, getting lost, and it ends up becoming a liability. So you can build a primer to do something really well. I don't believe, and go ahead and finish up for me if you could. I don't believe you can build a primer to do everything excellent. Great points. Yeah, I would say it's what are your needs, right? And I use a couple analogies here. So if I want a fast car, well, what do you mean in terms of fast? Is it fast in a straight line? Is it fast around 
Uh, an oval track, is it fast around a road course, right? So those are all going to be very different things. And so I would use kind of similar example here is you're not going to have the same needs for every application. And some of these, if you just have this one unicorn primer, it's going to be overkill for a lot of your situations and you're not necessarily going to get the best performance. It's kind of, can also liken this to the, the paint and primer in one is, is paint and primer in one as good as a dedicated top coat of paint and a dedicated primer coat? No. Is it good enough for a lot of applications? Potentially, yes. And so that's really where some of our products have proliferated from is we see this particular need, uh, whether it be, you know, you need something that's great for mold and mildew, whether you need something that's great for changing color, or you need something that's going to stick to the most challenging substrates. We've come to find that, yes, there maybe is the potential for an all-in-one primer that does it all, but does the price point make sense? Does it make sense for a lot of applications? I think that's really where the challenge comes in. But, you know, I can tell you, we continue to raise the bar on our performance and, and work to make the best and try to put in those needed features so that you really can have the go-to product. But it's balancing those features and needs for kind of the typical applications and also for the price point that makes sense. Yeah, I think the challenge is also on the pro to understand in every given situation, what's my primary need, what's my secondary need, and then also to understand the product. What is this product's primary benefit versus a secondary benefit? You got to read the label, right? It's not just a legal document, right? It's uh, You guys put a lot of time and effort into really trying to make that an educational document, correct? Sure. And not just the label, but kills.com is an excellent resource. When I'm standing with a customer or an associate in an aisle and we're kind Mm -hmm. of having a conversation, whether it's like a training opportunity where I'm exposing new products that they haven't seen or or have seen described or Mm -hmm. an opportunity where we're, we're uncovering the needs of a contractor that we're having a conversation with, I will often pull my phone up, pull up kills.com, which works great on a desktop, but it also looks great on a phone too. It, it certainly, you know, works on all devices. And there is primer tips, there's inspirational projects on there, and there's really a good blog that talks about how and where you should use which primer. So when you use the search bar at the top, you can type in a key thing like mold and mildew or adhesion or sandable. And you'll get a result that will lead you to the primer that might, like you said, Andrew, first hit your primary need, mm-hmm. but also you'll then be able to narrow it and then look for the second need and say, okay, it also does that too. And so that sounds like the, the right tool for this yeah. job at this time. One thing, I think you guys have done a great job at kills.com with destination restoration. Won't go into it now, but it's very well done. It's fun. It's informative. So if you haven't been to kills.com and checked out Destination Restoration, you should. And on that topic, let's talk about your restoration product, which you've mentioned a couple times. What's unique about Kills Restoration? What what does it do better than perhaps some of your other products? Yeah, so Kills Restoration, it's a water-based primer. It is one of our best, and it performs like an oil and a shellac in a water base, which is traditionally unheard of. And it took <laughs> a lot of time 
doing this development work to get it right. And so we are extremely proud of it and the performance that it has. And the reason is, is it's a water-based product that can block severe stains and also block odors. And that's traditionally very, very difficult to do. And the other aspect is it's a hard and sandable coating as well. Again, for water-based, they tend to be a little bit gummier and they'll gum up the sandpaper, but this actually sands to a powder within a, a couple hours. So this has really been a, a great alternative from Kills Original for those markets that are impacted by VOC restrictions. And it's also a great alternative for those that maybe don't want to use oil or aren't able to use oil for their particular application. So it's been something that really works well. Like we mentioned with the Unicorn Primer, we're going to continue thinking of new ways to, to make it even better. Yeah, and Restoration does this with the low VOC content that Greg talked about earlier, less than 100 grams per liter. So three and a half or four and a half times less than the Kills original. And again, it's water-based. So for contractors that want to spray, they can use that rig, spray this product, and not have to worry about running two, three, four gallons of paint thinner through to clean their hoses and their guns and how they're going to treat all their material. They can run the same clean water that they run for all their other water-based top coats right through their sprayer. They don't have to have a dedicated machine. They don't have to deal with the odor of paint thinner, the side effects, you know, the how hard it is on all your tools, your brushes and everything else, and the expense. So when you kind of weigh all the benefits of restoration versus oil and the true project cost, what we found and when we've been able to connect to customers this is that this is actually a cheaper alternative in over time because it has a higher shelf price than Kills Original, but a very a low price relative to shellac. But you don't need any extra, any peripherals, no paint thinner for cleanup, just soap and water. So it's easier on you, easier on your equipment, easier on your crew, and certainly easier on your customers that are, you know, occupying those spaces because it doesn't leave behind that stinky, lingering odor. A great man once said, just because it stinks doesn't mean it works better. And so <laughs> I appreciate that comment. And I tell customers that, you know, that, that was how, you know, we used to do it and that's okay. Kills Original is a great product and I don't ever bad mouth it to customers that love it and use it. But if I can get them to try restoration and they have that successful project and they start to make that transition, if and when Original gets turned off in their town, they're not going to have to scramble for how they're going to respond to that and how they're mm -hmm. going to fulfill customer needs. Instead, they will already be converted and having success. I've had the pleasure to work with manufacturers to get to know them pretty well. And so I, I have some appreciation for just how much work and time goes into launching a new product like that, like restoration. It's probably not all that different when you see that first can roll off, when you see the first label, when you see that it starts to get national distribution and starts getting used. It's, it's probably not all that different from, uh, NASA flight command when the, when the shuttle lands, isn't it? It's got to be pretty darn exciting over there. Yeah. There's, there's nothing better than <laughs> being able to walk into a store and see something that you worked on on the shelf. I don't know if it's quite like landing on the moon <laughs> per se, but you know, at those backyard barbecues, I try to sell it as if it was. 
But if you but try yeah. to tell your teenage kid, they don't care anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, my kids just know that I do paint. That's there that's you all. Go. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about let's talk about sanding between coats. What what are some basic rules of thumb? Starting with contractors want to get to the sanding, right? And of course, you sand too early. Man, now you've left yourself in a jam. So what's your advice on not jumping the gun? You know, in terms of sanding between coats and I guess how long to wait prior to sanding, I think it's, you know, after the coating's dry, it's something that you can test pretty easily to see as it cured sufficiently. And so I think an oil-based product hardens up pretty nicely and you'll be able to sand it pretty quickly an hour or two after. Uh, actually, similar story on on the Kills Restoration water base. You can sand it early as well to a, a nice powder. I mean, there's there's clearly applications in which you'd want to sand between coats if you're going over kitchen cabinets and restoring them. You'd want to oftentimes try to get rid of some of the grain if you're going for that factory-like finish. You want to get that smooth base coat prior to putting the top coat on. I think it's very important. Also, Sanding prior to priming, scuff sanding is is also important. I mean, we build in uh, very good adhesion to the primers, and there are some instances where maybe you you don't need to sand, but it's never a bad practice. You're only going to get better adhesion if you do, and and oftentimes there might be a contaminant on there that you may not see that sanding then allows you to remove and give you a little bit more for the coating to bite onto. I would say so in practice. Sanding either prior to priming or between coats is only a benefit. Obviously, it does take some more time, and we understand that, and that's why we also really focus on that sanding experience and being able to sand to a fine powder. Otherwise, you're going to gum up your sandpaper and have to change multiple times throughout the project, and that is not going to be fun. Okay, let's talk a bit about some application-specific situations, starting with you know, an area that has moisture issues, not necessarily moisture stains or water stains, but just hot, humid, that type of situation. What What's your advice, some words of wisdom when choosing and using uh, a primer? First is prep is always critical. So you got to prep correctly. And if you're in a humid environment, there's moisture, there's likely going to be a mold and mildew issue. And so you got to tackle this right. You want to make sure you kill the mold and mildew first and clean that. But once you've done that, you want to give yourself some peace of mind and some confidence that, hey, it's not going to come back. We specifically formulated the Kills Mold and Mildew Primer for just this purpose. So we've got an EPA-registered mildicide in there that helps prevent that growth on the primer film. And it really gives you that peace of mind to protect that substrate. And so even if there's going to be some moisture in the future, bathroom, kitchen, et cetera, a laundry room, you're going to be pretty confident now that you've used the right product for the right application. Nice. Awesome. And that's widely available, the mold and mildew product? It is. Yep. Okay. How about hard to adhere surfaces? What's your best advice for those? I always say you don't have a coating if it doesn't adhere to the surface, right? <laughs> you just have a thin piece of plastic that falls on the ground. And so there's a lot of difficult to adhere to substrates, whether it's 
a real dense and glossy surface. It's an aged alkyd coating that was on there before. Uh, maybe you're going over plastics and PVC or vinyl, even glass, or sometimes people are trying to, to coat tile as well. And so those are all really difficult to adhere to substrates. And so what we did is we used some unique chemistry in our kills adhesion product that's designed specifically for those tough to paint surfaces. And so we've got a nice range of other primer products, but this kind of turns it up to 11, if you will, in terms of your <laughs> adhesion performance and make sure that you're not going to have something that's peeling or flaking off after a while. It gives you that confidence of no matter the substrate you're going over, this is going to stick. And so the kills ad- adhesion is really that choice when you're going over maybe an area that you're uncertain if something's going to stick to, or you knew you had issues before that the previous coating was failing. This will give you that foundational coat that you need to allow the top coat to stick. You mentioned before the Kills website. So if somebody has what they believe to be a challenging situation, they're not exactly clear on the solution. Is that sort of your best advice? Direct them to kills.com and anywhere specific that they can try to get their questions answered? Yeah, Andrew, and I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now as we're talking. So I, I really do use it all the time. And I direct customers because when I'm talking to a customer, Greg said adhesion works for all these difficult surfaces. And I hear someone say plastic and, or maybe it's an overhead area and they're going to spray paint the ceiling. And so they have PVC pipe. They have metal pipe or, or black pipe that is, you know, gas lines. They have cat five cable or a tray running a bunch of electrical through it. And they need something that's going to stick to all these different surfaces so that in the end, it's a business or industrial type building that they can paint it all kills adhesion is going to ensure that there's no issue and they never have to worry about that ceiling again and on the website there's a tab and it says promote adhesion and you click on it and it leads you right to kills adhesion as the first product and when you click on that one what you see are all those substrates i just mentioned pvc kynar plastic metal all the difficult to stick to all the things that people have to worry about and there's another one on there, Kills Clear. And I really like this product because it's very niche. But again, if you need this tool, it's that right tool in your toolbox. And it has a high pH resistance. So contractors use fast drying patching compounds all the time because they help them in a pinch. They can put those fast drying patching compounds on a nail pop or something that was missed the day of painting, and they can still finish the project that day. But if they don't use a primer that has pH resistance, what they get is an unfortunate circumstance called alkali burn, where the pH starts to burn through the top coat and it discolors it. Sometimes it can make it flaky or peel or just change the color of the paint. And Kills Clear has a pH resistance up to 12.5. So that compound has a high pH. You put it on, it's dry in an hour. You prime it with Kills Clear. You let the primer dry for an hour and you're still finishing the project the same day. And that issue that may have come back and bit you is now not. It's also a great product for same color repaints. So you have a bright color that has faded over time. And you don't want to start with a white foundation because contractors know whenever you're repainting over a bright color, a white primer underneath might require more top coats. And so if you can put on a clear primer, that lets that base color show through, 
you may be able to finish the project with one top coat. And that system of a clear primer and one top coat may be better than two top coats with no primer. So like I said, very niche, but when it's needed, it's, it's a kind of a godsend. Um, also over exposed surfaces like masonry, exposed brick tends to stay chalky and kills clear can seal all that in and give you that look that you want that industrial look of exposed brick without the side effect of it constantly kind of releasing dust and mortar and everything else that can happen. We're just a couple guys talking about alkali burn and painting cat five cable. That's just what we do here at paint radio <laughs> nerding out uh-huh. talking primer. I love it. Wow. Kills clear. It sounds like a, like a superhero. It's Come on. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Okay. So let's, uh, we're sort of coming to the end here. So let's, um, since we've got the right people for the job for this question, let's just remind people, cause I, you know, everybody is certainly when they're a pro, they have a solid understanding of, of the purpose of primers, but it's not often you get a chat with gentlemen like yourself. So we'd love a master class. Remind us of just the purpose of the primer, the effect that it has, the, the benefit that it has on the overall coding system. Just remind us of, of some stuff that maybe we're not aware of. Well, primer is really the foundation, right? It's where you take something that's old and and needs updating or needs restoration and allows you to transform it to something that's new again. And a new look going to last for a long time. So because of that, it allows you to potentially save time, money, and also labor doing it right the first time going with the primer first, which is going to, you know, give you the, either the transition of the right color to block those stains and potentially allow you to use uh, less top coat in order to do that. And it's also has the ability to extend the service lifetime of the coating and of the system. So when you do a repaint on the outside and exterior subjected to harsh environments, expansion and contractions of the substrate, feeding down rain and sun primer allows the top coat to actually last longer than two coats of top coat and so it really serves as that foundational coat that sets you up right for the future and can allow that job to last even longer and because of that it's an inherently sustainable solution right it's something that is more environmentally friendly it allows you to use less material potentially and so it's really the the right solution for your projects. Well said, Greg. It goes back to the need or our desire to listen to the needs of the customer. When yeah. we hear them say, I'm worried about, or this is my goal, or I have this surface, whether it's porous or hard to stick to or stained, or they're dealing with odors, what we're doing in our head and what I implore our people to do is listen for those key words and then start to connect them, start to prepare to connect them to the product that's going to fit their project needs. Because when customers come back and or when they're leaving and they say, well, I'm really glad I ran into you today. That's like the greatest compliment that they can give us because we know at that point that their project is going to work and we know that they're going to come back to us for their next solution. And so Greg and team are always striving to build better and better products 
So when we have a, a problem or a customer issue that we don't have a product for, that's what goes into our basket, our drawing board, our, our you know, our cue of what we want to start to work on. So the company's constantly innovating and we're constantly looking for solutions to customer problems. So, and, and Kills has been doing that for about 75 years now. So successfully. True that. And I, I can also say, cause I've been at APC for almost 30 years now and Kills is absolutely one of the best companies I've worked with and the commitment certainly to the product and also to the contractor has always been obvious. It certainly doesn't go without saying, and it's not necessarily true of, of every manufacturer. And so it's, I've always enjoyed working with Kills and I've actually worked with, I haven't worked with the two of you a ton, but I've worked with Kills quite a bit. And I just, it's like I said in the beginning, it's fun to humanize the company. These are, these are not to sound unbelievably corny, but man, these are people helping people, uh, manufacturers helping contractors. And so I, I love what you guys do. Greg and Tom, tremendous chatting with you. You guys know your stuff. I love that you love your jobs. I love the, the energy that you have. It's just fun. So Greg Williams, Director of Product Marketing, and Tom McAvoy, Product Trainer at Kills. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Andrew. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for having us, Andrew. Absolutely. I love it. If you want to learn more, go to kills.com, which, by the way, I think goes without saying, but kills is spelled with a Z at the end. Everybody knows that, right? Just in case we've got some new people, we want to, we want to make them feel welcome. Kills.com, great website. Check out their information, a lot of resources. And if you're looking for more resources, of course, go to paintmag.com because like the gentleman and everybody else at Kills, we at APC love what we do. We put a lot of love and passion and time and energy into creating our resources to help you run better businesses that lead to better lives. Paintmag.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time.